Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch, first episode for 2018. I'm Dennis Rogers. As always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How you doing tonight, Mike? Pretty good, Dennis. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. And on the show with us this week, we've got uh, my brother, Andrew. How's it going? Evening, everybody. Hey. How's it going, Andrew? Pretty good, Mike. How you been? Pretty good. We got we got uh, introducing new people all the time. We've been talking about for many months now different people, and I'm sure your name. I know your name has come up many times, so listeners can finally put a voice to the to the name. Is that like and, good uh, good things or the mighty Andrew? Is what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. So good things sounds like <laughs> good things. Good things. Yeah. Yeah. We hey, hey. we don't we don't do too much uh, too much disparaging of of people on the show except except for our friend Pete. Or, or David, we 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 mm. will rail on David forever. Yeah. Too, so, <laughs> I like the I like the hmm, yeah. Well, <laughs> so so Mike, how was uh, how was Disney? It was awesome, amazing. Places like magical, of course. Right. The uh, as advertised for right as advertised. It is. It really is. They they do the whole you know make it magical for you. And I'd never been in Christmas time. I will I will say. And it's and it is everything it advertises for Christmas. It's, the whole castle is draping as if it's frozen. It's just amazing. But um, and there's you know Christmassy things everywhere. It's all festive. But the the best thing about it was that I kept checking the weather and seeing that it was like 77 degrees and negative two back home. So <laughs> right. that was awesome. I mean, I I was in line for something like the the Little Mermaid ride, I think, and Sydney and I were my daughter. And, um, I kept, I just had, I just got so used to it being nice and just comfortable and not wearing any kind of coat or thing to stay with no layers that, uh, I, I just got that feeling like, Oh, I really want to go like to a restaurant in town and like have a beer outside or drink or eat, eat some dinner outside. I was just thinking that's what I want to do when I get home, oh. not realizing that it's so cold at yeah. home. Yeah. And I think it, I think it cooled off down there last week i'm not sure how the how the dates line up i think you were back in bloomington earlier than i expected you to be but uh yeah. i know my as we talked about on the show my um sister and brother-in-law live outside of nashville tennessee and our other brother david lives um in titusville near cape canaveral down there and uh and so we were constantly comparing the temperatures in different areas and it was it was down in the tens in in Nashville a couple days ago, and so I can only assume that Florida got closer to some semblance of winter temperatures, like the fifties. Yeah, it was or something. in the mornings. Sometimes it was a little chilly. I would just wear a, a shirt. I didn't. I decided not to wear like a sweatshirt or something, just a normal shirt and jeans. And it was chilly going to get breakfast there. We got we left it always every morning about seven to eight, and uh, from the we were we stayed on property. And it was it was very cold. It was very cold, but uh, it, um, it it got over it within an hour or two, so it was not not bad. I tell you, I I, I have a my daughter is for people who don't travel with kids, it can go either way. My daughter is eleven, and she is an amazing travel partner. So she was up, she was ready to go, she was jazzed, she was awesome through the whole mm. day. Maybe one cranky day, so it was just a good it was a good experience, but. Sure. How was you guys? You guys were all you guys all hang out together during the holidays, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm as as mentioned. I'm I'm staying at my folks' house while 
remodeling my place, and so everybody came here. Um, we had a couple... The, the Nashville family came up, I want to say Christmas Eve or maybe the 24th, and then um, our other other brother, the one lives lives out west, he had to work, I think, the night of, of Christmas Eve. Um, he's a nurse, and so he works like 12-hour shifts. And right. they couldn't fly out then until uh, until Christmas Day. And you you, fl- you flew with them? I did, yeah. I flew with them in the morning. We flew out. Uh, it wasn't morning. It was more like 1 o'clock. It was like a whole Wait, where are you, where are you from right now, Andrew? Uh, I'm in Idaho with uh, our brother Daniel right now. Right. I've been out there since... Uh, last October, so a little a little over a year now. Wow, really? Yeah. Nice. But uh, it's nice out there. Uh, something you had mentioned, the weather difference when you were down in the at Disney. I, I kind of forgot about the weather here, because where I am yeah. <laughs> is like a valley, and we don't have any wind. And so we were, really? we were in like the negative 10, and I would walk outside, and I'm like, this doesn't seem so bad. I don't, maybe I don't hate winter so much. And then... <laughs> Flying home, I stepped out of the airport into Chicago and thought, I was like, man, I completely forgot about this wind. Yeah, it's right. a combination of the wind and humidity. Of course, if you get into the negative temperatures, the humidity is not uh, not so much of a factor. It's kind of that where, like, a 35-degree day can seem colder than, like, a 25-degree day because of, oh, the, yeah. because of the humidity. No. I will say that's something that like I, I've never that, experienced right. before was humidity in winter. Mm-hmm. The, when I was down there in the mornings, it was cold, like it was fifty, forty-five to fifty, mm-hmm. and it was and it was humid. I was like, because it's Florida, yeah, and it was just really odd to have this wetness but coldness or cool. You know, it was weird. Right, right. It's the it's the worst kind of cold. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's the worst kind of cold. So, uh, what, what did you guys do during the when, during the holidays? Did you uh, get to play? I know you guys play family games. Did you play any 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 good games? Yeah, we um, some some different things. Um, we played uh, Code Names. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh yeah, that was you fun. Did, I you didn't Jenga. play that too much. It's a little, you know, it's 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 a party game, so it has its frustrating elements. Um, there are there are kind of ways in which a team game can be more brutally competitive than than an individually competitive game because you know you're kind of you're frustrated that you're losing and so you're blaming your own team it's kind oh, of yeah. like toxicity and mobas except in real life <laughs> yeah right right uh, oh hey you know what? Something we, we, we always do and we haven't done this time is that we should have Andrew talk about himself a little bit. Oh. Andrew, you like talking about yourself, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love talking about myself. <laughs> All right. Hey, so what, 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 what kind of interest do you have? What, what's, your, what's your thing, like your hobby that you like? What's, think, what's happening? Oh, man. My hobby is pretty boring. It's basically just uh, playing games. Um, hey, that's, that's, hey, that's totally sells here, right? Yeah, yep, that's yep. what, this, this, is what all, this is all about, so... Uh, <laughs> That's right. So you fit right in. So our, our day our, when you say games, is it mainly video games, board yeah. games? Well, I have a lot of video. I have a lot of board games. I I've been doing. A, I've actually been going to this lounge back home in Idaho, and we've been doing a game night. But that's only been recently. Uh, most of my time is consumed by, you know, Steam games. So PC mostly. 
Um, yeah, how is the how is the game scene out there in Idaho? The board game scene or the PC? Yeah. Uh, the board game scene is pretty good. Uh, there's actually a lot of guys developing games out there that I know. I was surprised really? at how many guys I knew. Um, I don't know. Dennis has talked about it on the podcast. Uh, the Regicide game. Did you talk about that at all? Um, oh, no. I, I've played that before. I think I was going to... No, this is... Um, this is a game uh, that one of the guys out there in Idaho is developing. It's a, it's vaguely based on um, coup. Coup. Oh, I'm thinking zombie side. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I you were thinking. Yeah. Right. So this is um, if you're familiar with coup, which I know I had played it once or twice, but it's a little bit like um, uh, like the resistance or secret Hitler or some of those where there's. Uh, there's secret roles and there's some deception and some kind of voting to to make things pass. Oh yeah. So v- very different from Zombie Side, which is kind yeah. of a dungeon crawler. But but they're zombies. they're doing some development out there in Idaho though, huh? Yeah, there's a guy there and he's been he brought the game one night and this was the night that that's Dennis, while I was out there. Dennis was out there during what was it Oktoberfest? We was around that time. It was right around yeah because I was back here in time for Halloween because I went to Bloomington. But yeah, uh, it, was, oh. we hit, it was early I mean, October. We can, pl- we can plug him. Who what his his name's Regis? It's Regicide and what's yeah, his name? Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name. He only he's only come two or three nights. But um, he's a super cool guy, hey, and that's what he gets for not making his name well enough known to you, right? Right, exactly. Free promotional. Later, stuff, he's so. gonna wish he had talked to me I, about it. I, I asked him about <laughs> Kickstarter when he was showing the game, and he didn't sound like he had any plans for that. Like he was just gonna self-publish a few copies of it, and that would be it. I was like, man, I, that's rough. I've been. He's been. It's well. He. You say that when you were there, and we were talking to him about it. He was kind of just kind of he, that was like the days. first time he had showed anybody and i mean i told him i was like man i play a lot of games i go to gen con you know i've gone with you guys several times i've played lots of board games and i said this is probably one of the best games i've ever played like it was just a fun nice. right out of the door and it felt like i could have kept playing and um i told that's him that's really that's good praise yeah the last time i saw him which was i think the third time he came and this was fairly recently before i flew out um for christmas I actually gave him. Uh, I actually gave him a hundred bucks, and he's gonna get me the first copy, officially, when he prints them. Because he's uh, oh, working on awesome. a art design for the cards next, and then he said he's gonna make. Uh, I think he said he's gonna make about twenty copies because he has at least like fifteen, sixteen people that like really want copies of the game. He's he's doing nice. He's doing an offline uh, grassroots Kickstarter. Sounds oh like. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Not not the the normal way, <laughs> right? Right. Well, it's, right. it's what people did before Kickstarter, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's how you had to, to get along. Okay, so sorry we interrupted the whole like what what was going on with the family thing. I I will say I played Disney Code Names and Marvel Code Names at Gen Con. My my kids were with me on that Sunday, and we happened to be walking through the hall, and it's pretty fun. I mean, I I, I liked it. I know my kids were like, "Buy this now, Dad! Buy this now!" Have, have you played the original, the base game? I had not just played Disney and Marvel. Okay, so I mean, if you played them both, then do you have a sense of of what's uh, what's different between those those copies? No, Possibly I honestly don't. It's been it's been you know what since August. Pro- probably just themed. Were there like characters? Yeah, it was the it was the characters and gotcha. the the movies, the different movies in them. I could see that being um, interesting. Right, but yeah, they, they the the kids the girls loved it. 
and they played the they played the whole game. I just kind of watched, mm-hmm. um, but you know they were super hyped on it, um, and and I enjoyed it. But it's hard to find you know people who will play that level of a game around here. Usually, their our game group group is uh, highly strategic, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know for those party games. They're uh, board game well, connoisseurs. Connoisseurs, I guess. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Hipsters, elitists. Uh, elitists. Yeah, right. Right. that's a better word. After I just said right. we don't disparage our, our real life friends. Are we all picturing? <laughs> are we all picturing Trotsky right now? Or <laughs> Trotsky right? or or Pete or Pat or Pete or Pete or Peter Pat? Right. Pat Pat's pretty good. Pat's pretty good. We've had Pat on the show. Before. I like Pat. Pat's a yeah. good guy. Yeah. What? Uh, so what? What other games you get? Code names. What else? Um, were you with us when we played Pandemic? Um, was that this time or? Yeah. No, did you guys play this Christmas? That might have been like before you got here. Maybe David and Phil and Dad and I played it. Oh, okay. Like base game or legacy? It's the legacy. The legacy, yeah. Okay. Um, I know we had started one. We had started it last uh, spring when I was in when I came to town, and David wasn't. Was David here for that? Who was it? That wasn't. I here? think it was you, me, David, and Dad. Phil wasn't a part of that. No. Oh, okay. But Phil and Katie have a copy of it, so they. Uh, That's th- right. They know how the I'm rules thinking go Risk Legacy. Phil was. Oh, right, that. right. But. Uh, well, next, cause, next cause week. Because Risk plays five, and Pandemic only plays Ugh, four. Risk. We can't get back into that thing. No. But I know next next week, next Tuesday, we're. I think it's next Tuesday, we're starting the second season, season two. Of, of Pandemic. Yeah. Oh, so fun. No, no, no spoilers. We're in February of season one, so <laughs> we'll be at it. Wait, wait, wait. Is it start at January? Is yeah, that right? yeah, it's the year. Okay. So you're, you're, you're second we, we month. We lost our first game. game, and it's it's if you if you win the, the top of the month, you go to the next month, and if you right. lose, uh, you, pl- you play one more game that month. If you lose them both, then something else happens. But uh, yeah, it was crazy. So, have you played all of uh, all of season one, Mike? I did. So you haven't gotten to where the aliens invade and there's hey, a huge nuclear war. No, no, You've not got to that no yet. Spoilers. No, I'm none, none, uh, none of that. Happens. The, but that might be for another game that I played, but I'm not going to spoil the, that one. That, uh, that being <laughs> said, this is this is going to be a mild spoiler for season one. If if people want to play that and haven't. Uh, I mean, it's only the third game of season one, so it's not a huge spoiler. But we opened the first box of components so far, okay. And it's the uh, it's the quarantine. Okay. So if you're, oh, that's huge. If 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 listeners are familiar with the rules of, of pandemic, one of the four diseases is uncurable, as of like the second game, I think maybe the first. Right. In right. the third game, uh, that disease advances to untreatable. And so, for us, it's it's the black cubes, and we can never remove black cubes from the board. Got it. So they add this quarantine mechanic where you go into a city and you put a quarantine, and that's sort of a shield against the disease spreading there. Except it's a it's a it's a temporary shield. If a disease is supposed to go there, the shield goes away. And yeah. something that occurred to me while we were playing, I know we we've, we've talked about this game kind of a lot these this concept of um, cooperative games and a lot of uh, a lot of legendary which we played a couple games of over the holidays as well um, and pandemic really does a good job of like building the tension um, yeah you know oh, I right. mean there's le- several ways le- to do it in that game le- too. legendary kind of does this too in the sense that like 
depending on the mission you're doing, we've a couple times done the one where, like, eight heroes shapeshift, whatever. Eight, eight yeah, things escaping. escaping. The pre-scroll one, the scroll one. Right, M- make you lose. And so when you get to, like, five or six, you're like, oh, man, if one more of these... If one more of these comes out and this guy's about to escape, and then... But it feels like once you get past that point, then it's just a matter of, you know, everybody advancing a little more each turn, everybody fighting a little more each turn, and eventually you take out the Mastermind four times and you're, and you're good. Yeah, it's just that game's survival until you get to and it. Pa- but, pa- but Pandemic does... Pandemic, pandemic has, does... There's a little bit of that, but it really is like, you don't... Your, your character doesn't advance as the game goes, like doesn't a deck builder. And so you might get a little better handle on it. I mean, I guess the finding the cures is sort of that, that equivalent. So, you know, you get to, you know, you, you cure red and then you're like, okay, now we just got to move the medic around and we don't have to worry yeah. about red so much, but we got to keep these other thing con- con- things contained. And uh, I just felt like there was more there was more dramatic tension than I usually feel in a, in a game of legendary. Well, we, we have the thing about pandemic, even especially the base game. And even in the legendary game, it, it's, I think it suffers a lot from alpha player syndrome. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know what I mean by that? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Where, where one player can come and dominate everybody else. He's got a strong personality. And he's like, okay, you should do this and you should do Just that. You should do this. Everybody else. And, Right, and and that ruins it for everybody. I think when we played, it was the group that we had, the four people, were pretty good at not doing that, and we were aware of not doing that. Equally, um, equally and that works fine, day. but if you put one person into that kind of game who's an alpha player, it really can wreck that. Mm-hmm. Right. That can go with almost any co-op game. Um, what's the uh, what's the zombie... Is it, zom- is it, is it Zombicide? Is that the one that we played in... While you were in town, um, you played it. I was playing Secret That's Hitler. That's right. You were playing Secret Hitler at the other table. I played Zombicide for the first time, and it uh, it was a lot of fun the first time. And so we got together a second time and kind of increased the rules, made it a little more difficult. And um, we invited some more guys to play with us, and we had one of those guys that just directed everybody and wanted like yeah. you almost couldn't even say anything because he's like. Okay, the turn. It's the next round, and like he's going to dictate everything that we do. And if you interrupt, you're just getting, you're just wasting time. Basically, is how it would. Right, felt. right. It's just going to be a big argument, though. Right, and right, which is which is no fun. Yeah, which leads to like, and yeah. when that kind of stuff happens, you get people who kind of like, they almost play uh, devil's advocate in the game, where they're like, well, since winning is not fun anymore, I'm going to try and make us all lose. <laughs> and, I'm, yeah. and I'm saying that from a personal point. Like that's what I do. <laughs> That's what you do. You're like, I'm Basically, tired of this. I'm like, I'm going to get my two dogs, and I'm going to just go this way. Yeah, that's... I don't yeah. I don't think, Mike, you were with me when I played um, Massive Darkness at, uh, at Gen Con. I don't remember. I think game. it was David and I who played that. It's a it's a new game by the makers of, of Zombicide, and it's supposed to have fixed a lot of the problems Zombicide had. I didn't play okay. Zombicide enough to evaluate that claim, but... Uh, right. Um... Yeah, that that mindset is kind of how I play, um, like, deception people-reading games, mm. because I'm really terrible at focusing in on a game enough to 
to try and read people. Yeah. And right. so if I don't know you a know. game very well, like Secret Hitler or something like that, I'll just play Chaos Wildcard. Like, my whole <laughs> right. goal is, is just to mess with people. Then even if I lose, it's still fun for me. Right. That's exactly right. what I do with, like, uh, that and... What's the other one? There's another game just like that, but you just play the, like the wild. And you try and just screw with people, because yeah. I'm, I, I really... I honestly don't like playing those types of games very much, but they're everybody not else either. everybody else does sure. that I know, and so they're constantly inviting me, and they're like, we're going to play this game, and I'm like, all right, but you know, I'm just going to, like, foreshadow, I'm going to just screw the whole game up. <laughs> like, and- Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I got to say, as a, a guy, when you're in, in the mix, that's the most terrible, annoying, frustrating thing in the world, <laughs> but, but that being said, just recently, like in the last three weeks we played champions of midgard on our normal weekend and and i i know i did that and i think what happened there was that um of course we're playing with our buddy pete and he did something pete pete's a uh we got to have him on so he can defend himself a lot but we uh pete's a win he's very smart he's very smart he also can play people pretty well Mm -hmm. um but he does have he has no beef about shifting alliances at any time as long as the goal is in mind to win mm. which is great that's for good. a player it is but but the thing is is that if you any kind of bring emotions into it at all um it'll wreck he'll wreck you and and i i know i did that at one point was like oh i'm making some kind of deal and i won't attack you because i'm being nice and i'm and i won't attack you because i'm being nice and just know that because i know i got a big plan coming up and if I'm nice to you, you'll be nice to you, me. You can't see but, me, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Pete's one of those guys. It's like, yeah, yeah, totally, that's cool. And then the next play, like, bam, twist the knife, and you're Stabs like, you in the back. like, that's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. That sounds and, very Pete. Right, but the but the other other side on those kind of games is that like, you can take it personally. Or you can not. And I know I try not to, but last time on that one, I totally did. Yeah. And then the whole game, we were talking about chaos and adding chaos because you're, like, frustrated. And that's what I did. I just I, It's rare that I do that, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw everything I choose is going to be to make sure that Pete doesn't win. <laughs> no, you know, that, that was if the whole I mean, game. if that's your personal goal to win, then that can be your goal. <laughs> I mean, I think... Right, I don't have to win, but... I think any game I'd play with Pete, that would be pretty much be my goal. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, he, he's really good. So for the audience listeners, the, our, our buddy Pete, when we were talking about him, he's, he's an exceptional player. He's smart. He's He's got a lot of charisma to him. You know who's... And that makes him tricky. You know who's good at those kinds of games is Zon. He's 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 hurt me pretty bad emotionally. He's, he's chaos is what... Yeah, he's, that's... He's the avatar the, of chaos. The, the play style I was describing earlier where you just... You say whatever, and you lie to everybody, even the people who are supposed to be on your side. Um, that's I, I call that I call that Zon playing. Though his level yes. of like analytical thinking, as far as as far as strategy, without as much of the of the the people charisma stuff Pete has, because they're, they're brothers, Zon and Pete. They're brothers, and sure. um, I think anybody listening to the show probably knows all the people we're talking about anyway. But. Um, <laughs> As far as the like, the game theory strategy stuff, like um, he has that, but in the in the interpersonal stuff, he he definitely plays to the to the chaos 
Chaos Theory yeah, part of it. Agent of Chaos is my buddy's on. Um, were you? Which is, which is a great addition. Frustrating at times, but good at times, but just crazy. So, um, Andrew, were you with us when we played Love Letter? Uh, no, I'm not a big fan of that game. Mm. It's all right, but I got I, I just got kind of bored with that. It's a little. Hey, hey! I finally got a kindred spirit that's not a big fan of Love Letter. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, here we go. I mean, you we me played thanks. so much of that when it was when it was fairly new, whatever that was, like four or five years ago. Um, That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, you get burned out on it. We did the same thing with Cards Against Humanity, which... No, 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 no. It's not that you're burned out on it. It's that when you're a newer player or you get into it later on the game, if you haven't played it a lot, you don't know all of the cards. I I get what you're saying, because you you sort of came to the group, quote-unquote, late. Not really, because you knew Trotsky before any of the rest of us. Right, right. um, But after Love Letter was a thing. Yeah, I get that. Have have you guys ever played the... um, the deluxe, the premiere edition, whatever with the big cards. Uh, there's so many editions of that game. I'm not right. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they did all the spin-offs with like the the, the Hobbit one and the like Archer Batman one, Love Letter. Yeah, I, don't know. I got it for free. They did a. Um, right. <clears throat> I don't think it was. It was either this past year at Gen Con or the year before. I think it was 2016. They did like a premiere edition, which is in a big box with the magnetic uh, flap lid and it's big tarot sized cards and it from from the base game goes up to eight players which the original game was one to four and if you had two copies you could take out some of the like you still only get one princess and stuff and then you could play eight players this one's legitimately eight players and all of the all of the early well almost all of the characters from the twos to the sevens and then they add a nine are have a new character with a new ability so in the threes there's the original baron but now there's a baroness who has a slightly different but similar ability um which is cool it suffers a little bit from the expansion problem where it's like you had a game you had a base game and it was good and the expansion is really sort of aimed at people who played the hell out of the first game Right. To like add all these new mechanics, and so it's kind of hard to teach new players. That's how Catan yeah. is. Uh, yeah, Catan did that really hard, at I, least in I, the first two. The last time I ever played Catan, I bought the uh, Explorers and Pirates expansion. Oh, I never played that one. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. either. I bought it. I opened it. It was a solid block of chits, mm. and I look. I like looked at it. I started popping That's out one, world. and I was like, no, no, no. Nope. I put the piece back in, closed it. I'm not ever gonna play this. We're right, right. we're we're uh we're triggering Mike's friend Bill, I think. Right. He's, he's right. He's he's the one who still huge. regularly plays Catan. They they yeah, he still plays it at lunch. They have like trophies. We had Bill on last week, I think, and or yeah, and two, it two was uh two weeks ago. Yeah, and, and he they they have a trophy at their work, and they Catan is still their thing. The, nice. the thing about Catan, without getting too off track, is that it's a it's a gateway game, mm. so it gets people into in, it pretty in easy. a way. Yeah. In a way, yeah. And if you have right. if you have a crew, I think David said he has friends down in in Florida who are who would like that too. It's like three or four guys, and they play and they've played it so much that it's like um, it's like euchre is here in the Midwest. Like they'll they'll burn out a a game of Catan in an hour or whatever. Yeah, right, right. 
I mean, the the that's what Love Letter. The problem with some things like Love Letter, it's a it's a very well crafted game that has so balance to it, mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful game. It truly is. But if you have people who play it often, there's this is one of my beefs with some of the games is that you know I, I love coming into a thing and like oh let's play. Um, X, Y, or Z game, and then it's like, well, we've been playing it four or five times, so we understand the different strategies. And I'm like, oh, well, it's my first time playing, or I haven't played it in four months, so I completely forgot anything, and they've played it every week for the last right. you know, yeah. six months. I feel like... That, that they understand what to grab for first, and a lot of those, especially auction games, where you got to know how the rest of the game goes... Oh, yeah, you know I mean, if you're talking rounds. about, like, like Catan is that way, or... Um... Uh, Lords of Waterdeep, or a bunch of those games. I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that uh, that Love Letter is that much of those games because you you don't you know you well, only you get, know what you're going. You only for get a choice how, between two cards. Matters. Like once you know the rules, it's it's fairly flat. But excuse well, that me, one ha- yeah, that one has I, like I see what you're if saying. You for if sure. you don't know the the thief does this, and this guy goes before you, but he can steal it from that, and you're like. Wait, I had no idea. I'm just playing my two cards that I know I have or whatever it is. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. But everyone else knows, oh, I don't want to play it first because I got drafted this and I saw it before. I mean, somebody else has it here. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah, it, it, you know? it has a little bit of a memory game element. Oh, I've called it counting cards the whole game. I think those drafting games are all about counting well, cards. Well, yeah, I mean, it it is, except all the cards are face up. So you can right. you can do that counting publicly it just it just it just uh takes which means if you understand what you have to do to count cards you know the cards that are available and how they're played then you can play the game properly if you're playing new and you're just like okay we'll get it as you go along just pick two and read them and that's how it works and you're like okay yeah Yeah. and then you get wrecked well and to go back to um talking about Catan, there's a whole there's a whole topic we could do on the idea of like going deep and and sort of loyal into a game like some some game groups do um yeah or our game group like Bill is, and Catan. our game group is largely driven by our friend Trotsky who's like a I don't want to say novelist cuz that's a real thing but like he he's he's like a novelty chaser like he's always looking for the new thing, like new game mechanics, new themes, new yeah, sure, uh, sure, whatever. Which is it's cool, it's exciting. Like I get into it too, but for me, the downside is I'm not, I'm not as much of a like personable, charismatic person as he is. So I end up with a pile of games that I've only played once or or never played, and I'm like, this could be a really good game, or it could be crappy. Like I I don't know for those same reasons, right. but. Um, well, I actually like uh, how, how your family does it, like you're doing with Legendary. It's like, let's break it back out. And then you have kind of the same kind of people, and you're all learning it slowly. And Yeah, I've, I've know, been trying the same to... Level. I've been trying... You know, we've talked about this uh, last week. Like, um, trying trying to get a little more of that going. We ended up playing two games of um, the Firefly board game, which is notorious for being very difficult and unforgiving. Um, hey, let's talk about that for a second. What, did you like that game? Um, you, I mean, was it something you liked? Yeah, I mean, it's it's long. You play it again? Yeah, I did. It's it's long. It's it's um, it can be a little slow. You do 
you don't do a lot on your turn, so it's it still can move kind of fast. Um, it has some of that same uh, RNG problem, that luck problem, where you know you get to a mission that might might make you win the game, but you know you throw a couple bad dice rolls and then um, you're just done. But we played it twice. We played the um, the starter mission the first time, and that that went okay. I ended up winning, and um, we played again with with a fourth person because Andrew wasn't with us. But um, Phil and David and I played the first game, and then we brought in uh, one of our other brothers, um, I think, for the second. It was either Sarah or Daniel. It was Sarah. It was Sarah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was. It was good. It was fun. It's that's a little. It, it, and this one, this one is because there's a lot of fireflies. This one's just Firefly the game, right? Right. It's like, right. I think it's the name of it. Firefly it's a the game. it's a big board game. It has. It's almost getting into the the Game of Thrones board game territory where it just it takes a long time. Right. I mean, the first, the first <coughs> game you guys played took what five and a half hours. Not a Firefly. That's how Game no. of Thrones was. I thought you guys spent a long time on Firefly, though. That's what it felt like. Firefly is like two to three hours. Yeah, the, usually, the first Firefly right. game, I think we were done. Like by the time we got set up, and um, our brother-in-law Phil has has kids, and so once he got them set up in front of Netflix or whatever, got everything like situated, um, was. It was less than two hours, I think. Oh, really? And then, but then we played again. What was supposed to be a two-hour game, and that was at least three, three and a half. Mm. Um, I mean, some of that is just you know, you're still sort of learning the game, and if you are, you know, if you're those people who play a game over and over a lot, you get. You get past a lot of that stuff, and you you just know what you can and can't do on each turn, and you do it, and it goes faster. Right did 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 you think that like did it feel like you weren't doing enough on your turn? I know it's been a while since I've played it, but the, the game felt like I didn't have a lot of interaction with other players. It was, everybody was playing their own little game, and then when the game ended. I think the last time, not to toot my own horn, but I think I won. But I just did my things, but I. Everybody else is like, oh, I guess it's over, and that was yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of that. Um, it's it's sort of like a race. Like it's less it's less interactive than even Settlers or um, or Ticket to Ride is because the map is so big and it's nothing at all to just like avoid other players. The closest you get to that is if you're in the same sector, you can like. You can hire away their crew if their crew are sad and <laughs> or are, right. d- disgruntled <laughs> is the official term, but there's a little sad chit that you put on them if they're, if, if, the, if, if they're under that condition. And when you're flying, when you're full burning through space, the person to your right gets the ability to move the Alliance or the Reavers. Um, but like the second game we played, I bought the Crybaby which if if anybody 
listening remembers the show. It's right. and if and if you don't, why are you listening? This morning? Let's go watch that <laughs> well, show. It's technically the movie. I'm going to correct you right there. The crybabies in the movie. Yeah, that's that what, is that is right. That's what Very David's good. Been playing. Like most it's of a filthy casual. Most of the things <laughs> people show. really remember from that franchise are actually from the movie Serenity. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I'm not I'm not sure that I buy because Christina Hendricks wasn't in the movie. But um. dear dear Buddha, I'd like a <laughs> I'd like a pony for Christmas. The rocket, right? right. The, <laughs> I mean, a lot of the co- the lot of the lines that people quote are all from the movie. Right. I mean, there's the whole leaf on the wind thing. There's the sure. I mean to misbehave. Right. Um, yeah. Shiny, let's be bad guys. Like all of that is from the movie, mm-hmm. and people remember it as the show. But I mean, you can kind of tie them together because the movie was the movie was pretty good. I mean, right. yeah. When Dennis showed me the show. He actually showed me the. He introduced me to the movie first. Oh, what a mistake! And I asked him. I don't remember it, why. I think, I think at the time, only the movie was on Netflix. Yeah. And I didn't have the show readily available. Like I didn't oh. have a Plex server or anything at the time. And so I was like, well, yeah, I don't know. That was a mistake. That's one worth yeah. buying. I mean, in any form, that's you got to have that's it. It's all right. For- I still watched the show and I still enjoyed the whole thing. Good. It made it really good. It how, just, how did you know. how did you feel? I know we're switching to this weird thing. We go to Firefly here, but how how did you feel about? Um, did you know what the heck was happening? Me when, when you're watching? Yeah, uh, when you're watching the movie, like what? I mean, what? I picked up on it pretty quickly. I mean, it was it was pretty weird at first, but I mean, I kind of got the gist. It's not too complicated. Yeah, and obviously it was a little weird. You know, I didn't get the whole context, but um, it's probably like a movie in the MCU. You don't really need to have seen all of the other movies. It helps for sure. Oh yeah, but you can you can figure out what's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, still in, I still enjoyed it. I mean, I knew a lot of the actors in it. I had obviously watched Chuck before, and so okay. I knew about um, Baldwin. Baldwin, obviously, and so just that was very entertaining watching him act that way. Right. And um, he's, a, he's a very different character from uh, John Casey on Chuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I I can't see him as anything as Jane. I know that's that's terrible to say because that's such stereotyping, but or typecasting, I guess, not stereotyping. Right. Typecasting. Right. But yeah, seeing him in Chuck was like, oh, this make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my very I, favorite gun. I just remember it's, it's, it's my very most favorite gun. That, that's most favorite gun. The show. Very most. Well, <laughs> like a lot of the of the Jane lines are my favorites, and they're uh, and those are definitely in the show. Like I'll be in my bunk. I'll be in my bunk. Right. And uh, t- <laughs> time for some thrilling heroics. <laughs> um, I am going to. I'm putting that on tonight. I'm watching the series again. It's just. <laughs> it's been sure too long. Nice. We brought some grenades, don't you think? Have some <laughs> grenades right about now. Um, <laughs> so good. Th- that's from the movie, right? Yeah, that was a movie one. Right. Yeah. They. The. Uh, was it when Jamestown? Still one of my favorite episodes of all. For sure. Oh, for yeah. sure. Classic. When, when are we going to go to the crappy town where I'm a hero? Or <laughs> a hero. Or or when they're looking at like Jane's like statue and they're like it's keeps looking at me wherever I move. <laughs> what is appropriate swearing? What is what is Nathan Phillips? He's like, Jane, mind tell me why there's a statue of you here looking at me like I owe him money? <laughs> I love that uh, show. Uh, Such a good show. So good. Right. So good. And, and um, so so the, so just, the game, I didn't think that I didn't think that it, it kind of captured some of that, a little bit of it, but I don't know. It, it it captured the uh, I'm a I'm trying to get 
delivery from point A to the, point B. Not the, necessarily the, theme, the, the theme, the, the, the thematic elements. I mean, I I facetiously several times when like something would happen to to David, he picks up a thing, and it's like, what if the Alliance catch? Me? They're going to take all my stuff and charge me because th- the mission we did, we all started with a warrant, and oh, it cost okay. you a thousand credits to get rid if the Alliance catch you. Okay. And I, I'm just like, hey man, it's it's tough, tough, tough life out there in the black, right. out, out on the rim. <laughs> nice. Well, the 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 game was. Uh, I wouldn't say disappointing. I'm glad I played it. I played it at. I played it uh, with friends before, and then I tried to play it at Gen Con, and it never works quite at Gen Con because you don't know people. Mm. And Gen Con's great, but that one it just felt like I needed to know people because I was just playing my own game then. And yeah. I didn't yeah. really interact, and it didn't really matter. I was like, okay, well, I just played a solo game, and it was over, and we all talked, and I was like, thanks for playing. Um, so anyway, I, I, the, it needs more interaction. Later on, Gen Con at Gen Con, they had another, I want to say a different, totally different kind of Firefly game come out, board game, and it was much better. And I only demoed it, so I don't get to see the whole thing. But what was the what was the format? Do you remember? I can't. I can't remember at all. I know you. It was a lot about the crew and having the crew and the and the ships, but there was a lot less moving around on a board. It's like you had your own ship right. and stuff that you upgraded the ship and upgraded your crew, and then went down for, I guess, missions. Yeah, I mean, things. I'm sure there are there are extensive reviews of the game on Board Game Geek, but um, just a few, you know, sort of sort of hot take impressions, like. It is. It can be very unforgiving if you, uh, you know, if you get a couple of bad dice rolls. That yeah. sort of is the counterpoint to sometimes when you're like, oh, I don't have any bonuses in this, and so your only chance is rolling a six that lets you re-roll, and you yeah. add six to it. Um, right. That happened to David one time where it almost didn't matter. But then sometimes you can draw a misbehave card that you just get a free pass because someone on your crew is a companion or a pilot or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, that can be kind of frustrating for a game so long and strategic to just die from RNG. Um, and the fact that you're basically playing f- up to four simultaneous single-player games, really. Oh, okay. Um, now, th- th- this is going to be a kind of a throwback, but when we talked about legacy games... How do you feel about somebody doing a legacy Firefly board game? Would that work? Yeah. Like a, like a campaign style? Not not with that board game, I don't think. No, 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 no. Like a new game. You mean just being themed in that thing? In yeah, that where you're in the verse? you're all on the same crew. Uh It's hard to say. I mean, do do I think that it's Firefly's verse that is interesting to me I'm not really sure I'm not sure if the mm. verse itself is is what's as interesting there, there's cool stuff but they solved kind of the reaver thing because um, it's, it's a basic like it's like it's like Star Wars but kind of post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic blah right the and struggle it, with that but it, the it trick doesn't... you'd need to involve in that is making the, the different planets more interesting Basically, yeah, that's but kind that's kind of the that's, that's kind of the not, trick with the show. Yeah, but see that, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, we're, we're just talking about Janestown, and and that's true. But I, I can't think of a lot of the 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 set pieces that were different. They all just were like Western planets. 
It was like generic yeah. Western. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like you wouldn't be able to base the game purely off of that. You would right. need to make a more interesting government and s- system on different planets. So it was kind of like a a surprise every time you visited a new planet. You would maybe get like a hint about what type of world it is and what type of people live there. You know, it's like oh, just so you know, these people are known to be very they're a really uh, aggressive religious planet. And it can be kind of like the planet where they tried to burn, you know, summer and oh right, on right. The, at the stake, you know. Well, that's the, a that, little more. That was, that's a little more Star Trek, at least original Star Trek. Right. Yeah, you know, you know what? I actually, I think that Firefly would make a a better. I mean, Legacy. Okay, if the game was a whole new game based around episodes, and each one was an episode that you're doing something with, and you're interacting with the crew, but it's not really a board game that. The board changes all the time. It's just different episodes. More it's in more the, of an RPG. Yes, that's actually was my next thing. Was that it? I think Firefly is fine as an RPG, and because it's character driven. So um, yeah. if what you what you're saying is, if Star Trek Adventures doesn't work out, you want to do a Firefly RPG? <laughs> well, sounds, I mean, that sounds yeah. like more fun, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, I mean, it, it it's. I mean, I don't know about that either, but I, I think that uh, it, it was such a character driven show. Yeah. I mean that's, that's what Firefly made it was the characters that do it. So I, I'm not sure that, you know, Disney owns them or I think it's official that they own them. That them doing another Firefly, you could do a million Star Wars different spin offs and be in the Star Wars world where there's Jedi and there's Imperial and there's Rebel and that's that's interesting. You could have millions of different characters. But another Firefly I, I just don't know if the world universe is interesting enough, but it was the characters that made the show. Yeah, I think you're right about who that. Who was was it? Was it you, Andrew, who were just saying um, that there are no good Wild West themed? Yeah, I was talking games. to Dennis a couple of days ago because we were on the topic of games, and I was talking about how a lot of the guys that I play with in Idaho are coming out with their making their own games, and I always thought like. Me and Dennis and, you know, David, we played board games and card games forever, and he has one of the biggest collections. I mean, not comparable to Trotsky's, maybe, but uh, it's pretty big, and I just thought, why don't we ever ever make our own game? And the topic that we were talking about was, like, I feel like there's no good Western-themed games. Yeah. I mean, except for, what's the one where uh, renegades and sheriffs and deputies... Bang. Bang. Yeah, bang. Yeah, there's Bang. I've I've honestly never been a too much of a fan of that. It just it's a good game, don't get me wrong, but right. I got bored with it very pretty quickly and right. it didn't have a lot of I don't know. It was kind of like little tropes and like jokes here and there about what what you know, cowboys in general and then that was about it. It was right. not super thematic. I mean, no. Yeah. Right. I feel like there's yeah. no good thematic cow like there's that Doomtown Doom game, <laughs> Doom, had, which I didn't play. I didn't get to play that. It's one. don't even bother. It's the worst <laughs> game. <laughs> the worst game. Didn't you guys get like 16 copies one year at Gen Con or something like that? Basically, we, we, we got we got three copies. But it, the the rule book has a like a walkthrough example. I think it was like a like a CCG or something originally, and then they reprinted it in this in this reloaded edition. And people were waiting in line, and I was like. Well, people are waiting in line for it. It must and be it's, good. It's made by the guys who did it, Smash Up, which we were it's a published huge fan by of. AEG. So, you know, right. we'll get. It. And it was like this weird, like it was poker, like poker based deck building, dueling like, deck building thing. 
and the the cards were like they were game cards like they had characters on them and stuff but they also were playing po- cards. poker playing cards and so they had suits and so if you're posse going to fight the other guys through you know posse. you had your your characters and if and if the combination of suits you know amounted to an illegal hand like if you had more than one ace of hearts or something then it triggered a whole different set of rules and like a cheating hand and like all this ridiculous stuff and (laughs) we were playing for we probably played this tutorial we were walking through it and reading the directions for like half an hour 45 minutes yeah like 45 minutes and then we were like us and our other brother David and we're like okay we're the we're the three of us in our family with the most like quote unquote hardcore gamers and we're already bored and frustrated by this game and its, <laughs> and its rules and its mechanics. So well, they really they really gonna, pushed it that year. I remember that was the this thing. It's going to happen. That was the thing. Hey, speaking of Western games, did you guys ever play, uh, kind of transitioning over to the video stuff, um, you ever play Red Dead Revolver? The original one, not yeah. the Red Dead Redemption. The first Red Dead one. Redemption, right, yeah. Yeah, I played Red Dead Revolver. That was one of the first games I actually ever played back before we ever... I mean, we had, like, a NES and stuff when I was really little, but I had gone to... I had, like, tagged along with my brother Daniel to his friend's house, and he had an Xbox sitting there, Xbox original, and I was like, I've never even seen one of these. Mm. And Mm. he had reloaded in there, and I was like, a Western game? And I hopped on, and I... Yeah, it was... I played it a lot. Uh, Was it fun? I didn't get... I never played either of those two. Yeah, it was more... It was more of a... It was more of a like arcade system almost, like one of those yeah. old like shoot 'em up, except you can control where you walk. Right. But if you can picture like not, not quite a rail shooter. Yeah, not quite a rail shooter. But if you can picture a rail shooter where you have a little bit of control about movement, but not where okay. you actually look. Oh. Really? Okay. And then you just bad guys would pop up in front of you, and you'd shoot them all, and and there would be a big score. It would be about you know one level would be maybe you know three to five minutes, and then. You know, a big scoreboard would pop up and show you what your score was. Hmm. Oh, I didn't. Huh. I didn't so play that one. I thought Red I Dead did... Redemption was like a Grand Theft Auto in Grand. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I it played. Is. I played Red Dead Redemption, and it was sort of. It's somewhere between uh, Grand Theft Auto and um, and like a Fallout game. Mm-hmm. Right, Fallout the, sounds more appropriate. You do a lot of. I mean, you can definitely like just steal somebody's horse. So like our our buddy Chance and I we called it Grand Theft Palomino. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because we're right. huge nerds. And mm-hmm. um I played that I actually was in the process of playing it on the three sixty when my three sixty got stolen. So when I got um when I switched to the PS three, that was the first game I got. It was like in a bundle. And so I played I played that one. And okay. uh, that's one of the that's one of the games. I think it's this year. Yep, it's coming out on consoles. In, uh, March or yeah, this summer. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully, I'll be I'll be already bored with um, Shadow of War, the Uncharted series, and uh, and Elder Scrolls Online. But the the latter two I got I got for Christmas. I was wait gonna... wait you got so you got Uncharted the Uncharted series. Yeah, it's the it's the original. Uh, trilogy, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. First um, three of them, like that. First yeah, three or four? Re- remastered graphics and stuff. It was 
sort of sort of it was something that was on sale and so i put it on my amazon list and uh right and, and i, I wonder i wonder Christmas. how good that is i i i'll admit i played i played two and that's when yeah, I, I that's when i jumped in i and played then I, two and three you oh yeah i put i played two three and four sitting up where the thief's end whatever is upstairs unwrapped but i i freaking love the series right but i will say that two was a little iffy and i went back to play one and it was like okay they haven't got this thing down yet. And two, right. okay, two, they got it down. One, they were just kind of they needed a lot of work. I think because of because of my timeline with like I came to the 360 kind of late. Like I bought a 360 when they they added the media playing capabilities. I think I've talked about this on the show before. Um, they added DLNA to the 360. That's when I got it, and it was already. You know, it had been out for like a year and a half or more. Yeah. And then, as mentioned, like I switched to the PS3. So stuff like Uncharted, which was an exclusive, um, there are a whole list of games, like game series, like Assassin's Creed, Bioshock, um, Uncharted, and maybe one or two others of those kind of adventure game franchises where I at one time had played all of them. Now, since I've moved, I don't play console games, games as much, but um, most of those franchises, I never played the original. I never played the first Assassin's Creed, but I played two, three, Brotherhood, and I don't know, the numbering gets weird. Revelation was right, the third yeah, one. Um, Black Flag. Like, I played most of them. There's one or two newer ones that I haven't played yet. But Black the same Flag thing happened to me with... Um, with Bioshock, because with Bioshock Infinite, the third installment, they shipped a copy of of the original, mm, yeah. and so I got to a certain point in that game, in the in the main game in Infinite, and realized is it Infinite or Infinity? Infinite, Infinite, um, and realized it had the original, and I had only played two, and so I thought, okay. well, I should go back and play the first one before I do. So like right in the middle of the main story. I don't know. It's weird. But it's weird yeah. jumping in the middle. In the middle of it. But then I went back to the first one and I'm like, oh man, they had not yet figured out like yeah. aiming physics and yes, right. some, of, a, those, some of those some of those basic lot, things. It's a lot more difficult. I, I have to say, uh, Bioshock Infinite is one of those games I play annually. Really? I play it every single year. It's probably my it's probably my favorite game of all time. Oh, and that's man, completely I... subjective because I know a lot of people don't I've care nev- for it too much. I've never played an adventure game more than once. I, I, I played Bioshock. I really loved Bioshock. I mean, just the whole theme of it was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then Bioshock 2 was not so great. Nah, I um, never cared for it. Maybe just, just because it was like returning to the well. I was like, I, I already got everything I wanted from right. it. Right. You already got to the bottom. Now you're walking around in it again. It's Right. And then, and then Infinite, I own... I have it on Steam, and I, I just, I can't play it for long periods of time, and I don't mm. know why. I mean, I don't know why. I think, may, again, maybe I, I've got like I've just been. Bioshock was so great and so good, and it fit that whole genre. The the theme the theme of Infinite is very different. Yeah, but also you, I mean, was it your computer? You've had an old computer up until like a month ago. You're right. Maybe I mean maybe that's I need to relook at it. If it wasn't if it wasn't running well, maybe. I mean, I, I'm not trying to. I mean, I already. I played. I played those on consoles, so I, I can't. 
Yeah, I, I think I had it on both. I had bought it once, then I was like, uh, or I bought it on this on my PC, and it was just okay. Matter of fact, I'm I've got Steam open now, and I'm I can grab it just to make sure. But the um, yeah, it, it was. I thought that the the main idea was uh, Elizabeth. Is that her name? That that's yeah. the main draw to that game is that yeah. the how much attached you get to her and maybe that was one of the problems is that i didn't play it i should have played it in longer stretches mm-hmm. instead of short yeah. little spurts like where i forget kind of things and then i'm like because it, it's really confusing until you go through it's an yeah. Uh, yeah it is a confusing game um and getting it yeah the attachment you get to the characters um because what i mean the main reason i liked it so much well there's lots of reasons i love that game but one is like it just runs really smoothly it's a fun game like even if the story was great if it wasn't fun to play I wouldn't play it so many times like if you were to look at my Steam and look at the hours of me playing it it's probably in the like I think last year it was like 500 hours and then this I mean I've played it twice since then so (laughs) but like and I play it and the DLC all in one go and nice so I'm probably up there but it's you know, I played the old Resident Evil games and stuff, and any game with like a with a AI walking around with you, yeah. And everyone has always hated that. Like having anybody since Goldeneye, yeah, having anyone follow <laughs> you around has always been the worst thing. Goldeneye slash uh, Ocarina of Time, right? Right. Hey, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of like it in hey, Resident hey, Evil. Listen, okay. In Resident <laughs> Evil, Trigger. I always remember Andrew's triggered. I am triggered. <laughs> um, I always in Resident Evil I always went and took I forget what her name is a stupid girl that followed you around everywhere I always you could always hide her in a dumpster and I would I would, <laughs> okay. hide, I would find a dumpster before every new room I went into just because I didn't want to have to worry about her getting downed because right. it would oh. happen constantly and well, well that, that was the fine. girl in Goldeneye like she would walk in your line of fire yeah <laughs> so right. bad where Elizabeth, well, I think that's where you're going. Elizabeth, Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite is the opposite. She like disappears during combat, but if you look, you're like, where is she? You're like, oh, she's right there, and she's like throwing you ammo. She's like looting, health. looting stuff you need and tossing it to you. It's so yeah, good. That's good. I mean, yeah, she's, I mean NPCs like girl. that 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 help are are definitely she's, good. She's I had, best girl. I've been playing um, a lot of uh, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront too. Oh yeah, okay. and 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 there's through the the, um, the campaign storyline on there. I just I just like last week just went through the second the, the expansion DLC came out and I played through that one. And they have several missions where you're you've got like um, another character going with you, but mm. you can't really. They don't really get hurt. They don't do much either, but they're just kind of there and they talk. Mm. They're like invulnerable, and they they're just there for story element. So, so right. it's like it's like R two or BB eight pre Last Jedi. Mm. Yeah, right, right. They just are there, right? Yeah, Last Jedi. Last Jedi had them doing everything. How did so. you? How do you feel about that new Star Wars game? The new Star Wars game, uh, I like it. I do. I like it. I mean, there was uh, there's ridiculous controversy before and, I, and we may have talked about this way before it launched um, I know we went, I think we, we went talked over. about it and it got cut I mean a lot of that they had the controversy and then they changed a lot of that monetization so it's yeah, not it, as it's, it's not as relevant as it was a month and a half ago but that was always the impression I got was that the game underneath was was very solid I'm not I'm not a big 
multiplayer shooter fan, so it was never really on my radar. At some point, once I get through all the games that I own, I'll probably resubscribe to to Gamefly and maybe get it just to play through the campaign. Yeah. But, uh... There's a few scenes... I I don't know. I I read some reviews on that about the campaign um, that people were uh, pew-pewing about some of the things, mainly that there's several... Sorry, I said pew-pewing. That's a blaster firing. Yeah. Is that pew-pew? Well, yeah. they were poo-pooing or whatever it's called. There you go. There you go. They, they, were, they were complaining about, like, oh, well, then there's just... You go through and there's several things that you're just, like, fan service because you're playing X, Y, or Z main character. And, like, that was totally fine. Like, I'm playing the main character of the campaign and then all of a sudden Luke Skywalker is involved in the story and you play as him for a long time. And you're like, that was very fun. And and I actually really like that. But um, but anyway, the story, yeah, the story is pretty fun. I mean, it's it's good to have. It stretches, it stretches all the way from Return of the Jedi through um, Episode Seven because there's mm-hmm. things I know, especially in this the the latest DLC, which is really cool, by the way, that they give DLCs out for free. Um, yeah, after the, last the, time they kind of had to do that. Yeah, well, that was the that was. Right, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll but, talk about that later. Yeah, the, uh, the with this DLC though is there's a the characters that were you played through in the first, which were around in Jedi, are now older. So mm-hmm. the main character is older, um, and um, so it takes place in when the Force Awakens happened, and at certain at a certain point, you see Star Killer Base explode from oh. a distance, and you're like, that's oh, really see. cool. That and you're cool. doing, st- yeah, it is cool. And you're doing stuff like you can hear chatter on the radio, and the rebels are attacking this other thing while you're doing something else on kind of a personal mission. Um, but you're so, like, I got to send these up, and you're like, oh, sh- oh my gosh, there's just that's what's happening up there, you know. And you see so, the Republic so get destroyed. So it's a little bit like Agents of Shield, where things are happening in the background. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the the <laughs> yeah, right. No Re- reluctant agreement. Nobody really you, cares about it. You almost <laughs> want to have, you almost want to have like more importance to them. I'm, sh- uh, you know, like I want my character here, uh, right. Iden Versio to, to to be more important to the whole thing. Uh, but that's not, that's not, you know, that's not in the card. This is its own Star Wars story, and then sometimes right. it crosses over. Uh, but anyway, I, I like it. Um, I die a lot, which is okay. <laughs> um, I, I I've discovered that. Um, so one of the things there's a couple there's many different modes that they have in the game which is very very cool and they're all very different but the biggest one is called Galactic Conquest where it's like 40 on 40 it's mm-hmm. huge yeah. it's the big fights um, and I love those those are the things I liked in the first game and I love them in here but I just constantly die I mean it's cool. just like and not even a chance that's how those games are built though it's just waves of people throwing themselves at each other I mean, yes. if you were playing it, I'm just, I like those games because it's not the other end where it's Call of Duty, where it's people camping and they need kill streaks. And right. I like the idea of not needing to worry about, like, to be afraid about getting hit and stuff. Like, get out there, try and get a kill or two. You know, if, if you trade two for one, that's a good deal. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and, and that and that one, I, I always thought with a lot of these first-person shooter games is like learning the angles that's one of the most important thing where's people shooting from where on this map and this board mm-hmm. at this time right. and how to go but but when you're playing a 40 on 40 every angle is covered 
So there, there is no safe place. If you think that I can sit here and get a good shot with my snipe, well, every angle to that is covered. Yeah. So you're, you might get a shot off and kill one or two people, but then everyone else is going to just hit you because not because they see you. It's just because they, everyone's going to cover that spot. Right. It's, it's less about like, there's no, what I like is that there's none of that. Like you pop out and you instantly die, which that does happen, but it's never oh, it, because it happens people, to me. <laughs> it's never because people are watching you though. It's always oh, right. just like, a, a, like a random chance. Like there's so many people everywhere. The odds of you stepping out and getting shot are just as likely as you running straight from one side of the map to the other, not getting right. hit, and be, like, behind enemy lines. You're like, well, I'm here. <laughs> there right. was so much yeah. chaos, nobody notices anything like that. The the Galactic Conquest is definitely how you described it. It's that, like, waves of people throwing themselves up to the middle and hoping that you get that thing. Now, what I discovered was that if I played what's called the Strike Missions, which are or the strike mode and it's it's the it's like smaller confined spaces on the galactic conquest maps but they are eight versus eight i found that that that's my sweet spot all of a Mm -hmm. sudden i can i can handle that i'm making i'm i can make a difference i go in there and i i know that i can control this area and not everyone will have that every spot covered and once they find me i've done my damage and helped my team so and i can level up that way that was the biggest thing is that kind of leveling up your character and locking things and getting better and better was hard when you were just constantly dying. But in the eight versus eight, I can level up my character, getting better, get things. And then now go into the galactic a little bit, you know, harder, I guess. When I played, I, I didn't really play a whole lot of the ground battles. I mainly stuck to the star fight. Oh, they're amazing. Those are, I've I've heard that that's really good. It's so good. Like, so I, instantly fell in love with that i had so much fun even when you lose a round you're still like man i had so much fun i don't even care like the feeling of flying like an x-wing or stuff it's so much better than the first one. Oh yeah and i, I love i like the first one because you kind of you got to fly x-wings right um, but there was nothing like besides the like flair of getting to fly an x-wing the flying wasn't actually that good in the right. combat the difference yeah. is they outsource the development of the Starfighter battles in the second one to, oh, cri- to Criterion, who does all of the Need for Speed games. Oh, nice. And so it was a completely different engine like and completely different company that developed it, and it was just so well done. It's so that, well done. And, 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 and playing them is great. I mean, this it's like a story that you're playing with those, those things. It's great. The other thing that I think is the biggest difference between this game and the um, the original game, uh, what, and by original I mean the Battlefront 2 that came out back in 2005, the oh, one okay. for the Xbox original, is that yep. that one uh, has AI bots um, involved in the battle. So like the big 40-on-40 ground battles have uh, AI units running around as well that you right. can s- stack up points on. And then yes. every once in a while, you'll run into a normal player. Hmm. Yeah. And um, well, That's and what the, the Space Battles has in this one. And that's what right? the Space Battles have. And I think that's what people online are saying is like what's making the Space Battles good and what they should add into the regular game. Like the oh, ground battles. I totally battles. agree. I totally like if agree. they put AIs in there and maybe... Like, the 40-on-40 40 40 is cool because you know there's, like, 80 players, but 
if you were to maybe cut that in half and add half of those players as AIs, it would just yeah. make it a little less crazy, a little less nothing going on and just shooting, which I like that, but also, like, you kind of need to be involved in a match and have, like, an objective. Right. I, I will say, it, when I'm playing the campaign, it, it's it's great because all of a sudden I can get hit from the left. I'm like, oh, crap, there's a guy attacking me. And then I can dodge, roll, and hit the cover and then recover myself and then go attack them back and reassess. But in the 40 versus 40, oh, my gosh, I'm hit. I'm dead. I yeah, mean, you're already gone. Not, right. Yeah, it's, it, but but if it was, if like, you, like you were saying, if they had AIs running around that you could, like, shoot and shoot and shoot, and, and then all of a sudden here comes a player with a name over their head, you're like, okay, now it's a serious fight. Here's like a, it almost feels like there's a hero. Right. It's it's a little bit of the it's a little bit of the MOBA for, format where you've got creeps or minions or whatever they're called depending on which game you're playing that are just walking the lane and auto attacking and then you get a hero and it's a different it's a different sort of hero or champion or depending on which game you're playing. Right. Again. You kind of practice your chained abilities on these minions or these towers. And then a hero shows up, you're like, all right, now I've been doing this chain, I'm just going to do the same thing, and you kind of are like, practicing for right, that. Right, right. And it adds and a it, bit of tension and excitement into a game, and I feel like that is important in a lot of these games. And I, that's, I feel like that's what made the Starfighter and the original Battlefront back in 2005 what made those really good games. Yeah. They, you know, and, and with the, uh, the space battle, the fact that, I mean, I love that you pointed that out. I'm, I'm running, running around, and I'm just totally feel like I'm an ace fighter pilot because I'm. I'm you're just, just taking out all these ships, and <laughs> right? And you're like, granted, they're not players because in the other one, right, the first uh, new edition of the Battlefront series, which was like 2015, it yes, um, yeah. it there were no, there was only like three planes in the sky at a time, like three to four. It'd be like two v two dogfights over a regular map, and. Right. When that happened, it there was no excitement. It was basically just, you know, spin until spin in a circle until one of you gets sick, <laughs> and then the other one turns around and kills you. Nice. Like that's all it was. Nice. Right. It yeah, was the, the, glorified Star Fox sixty four multiplayer is for basically sure. what it was. Well, the Classic. the uh, even even the the ground game getting into the ships and stuff is is so much better, and yeah. there's so many different options for getting in like. Those tokens, or, the token yeah. thing was so dumb. I hated that so much because people oh, would yeah, just yeah. sit there on the token and wait. Right, and I was hey, like Dennis. What, what, I'm not sure if you played the other ones. What, what he's talking about is that in the first Battlefront, randomly throughout the whole battlefield, there would be these little like they were I don't know size of a player almost tokens that would spin around. They just randomly spawn, and it would be oh Luke Skywalker. You claim, and, yeah. I I yeah. played the old game a couple times, various times. I don't you know. It's, 12 years ago, so I don't know, but right. um, in, in yeah, this one, I, you... I remember that stuff, like, you'd run around as a as a normal generic stormtrooper, and then if you found the thing, you could be Darth Vader for a few minutes. Well, right. in, the, in the 2005 one, the way it worked is the first one to get 10 kills, kills yeah. got to dis- like, it would ask you, do you want to be Darth Vader? And of course you say yes, but of course. sometimes if you're you know you're on a roll with your jetpack stormtrooper. You're like, I don't know. I feel looking pretty good. If I pick right, Darth right. Vader, I'm just a target. Like I remember feeling <laughs> right. that way sometimes. Right. Yeah. But but in this one, in this one, you have battle points. So things yeah. that you things that you do, whether it be going to the objective or killing players or doing well, gets you just 
points through the game. And there's things you can do to increase those points, namely by staying with your squad that you spawn with to double the points. And then yeah. it, then then you got for each board you have something like eight different characters or classes that you can spend your points to play for a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you play them until they die. But if I save up for all my battle points and I do really good, then I can spawn as Yoda or as whatever. But right. hmm. or I could spend or I can spend like a quarter of that amount and spawn in an X-wing and do that. You could so. spend a you know, you could save up a few points really fast, spend it to help your team, or you could save all your points and be a prick and not help your team at all just so you can be Darth Maul <laughs> basically. Right, right. And and nice. and they have they have limits. So you can, there can only be so many heroes on the map right. at a time. There can only be so many things. And it's great because like I love seeing Ray come on and then all of a sudden there's, you know, Kylo Ren or something and it's like, "Oh, they're duking it out." That was, it's really cool. Nothing feels better than like killing Darth Maul or one of the heroes as they like jump towards you. Because right. they're so low on health and they're desperate. Because they get health by killing people. Hmm. So the more kills they have, the more health they sustain. Right, right. And uh, yeah. it, they'll lunge at you. And I know that's a really good feeling is when you like, <laughs> put down a hero and you're like, that's right. Right. When, when they, and, they, and they don't die like the rest of them. They, they kind of go kneel they down. Have a, like, they have like a really dramatic emoticon or whatever. But death, death um, animation. Yeah. Death animation, right. yeah. Right, and and it's really cool and satisfying. Yeah, I, I really do. I love the game. I I, I want to play it again now. There's so many games I want to play. It the the thing that stops me from playing it a little bit is that it is, it's just it's a first person shooter. Meaning that it's um, you're just playing it for the thrills right now, but then there's no point per se. You're just continuing the same yeah, kind of thing. It's just one. There's no progression. You're just kind of. Unless you count those dumb cards, but oh, yeah, it's mostly just playing yeah. it for the experience at the time. And if you play and it too much, on. it'll just get boring. Right, which which I, makes me every, all the time think I should be putting in Witcher, Uncharted, Arkham if, Asylum. <laughs> I should be doing these other ones, you know, right. that have progression. I don't um, think I'll ever. I I can't decide if I'll ever actually buy the game. I played it in beta, and I. I like the game, but there's a lot of things I don't agree with that they did, and so I don't really want to support them. Support them. If mm. they were to release the Starfighter game mode as a separate game, I would pay the solid sixty bucks just for that. <laughs> well, like, that's I, I, how I, I feel will, about it. I will say this: I have played Battlefront Two super casual, like not many hours at all. Overall, played it to anybody's stretch of the imagination and I have almost unlocked every character just by naturally playing nice. um, so it's it's the the big freak out that everyone had that oh my gosh you have to play forever to get everything and like okay to get every possible little thing yes but to get the characters unlocked there are like three that are that you have to work towards to get enough credits and then the rest of them mm. are so little ish credits that once you got those ones unlocked okay the rest of them are pretty simple to just unlock as you go along. Um, so yeah, and the, it, we t- we had a, we did have a discussion which I don't want to go over again about blind boxes and stuff. Right. It, it has that. I don't like the blind boxes at all. I get that was a business model, um, and they they totally backed out of it. And now even today, like yesterday, I played it, and they have you can't buy credits to open blind boxes. So you mm-hmm. just have to play the game to open blind boxes. Right. Um, so. It's fine. I mean, I it's such a pain in the butt people complain that 
somebody can pay to get things faster. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never liked pay to win even back. Oh, when pay I to played. win for sure. But, but this is, this is not really it's pay a to win. It's, it's not play to win. It's not like with battle, uh, battlefield three, which I played a lot of on the Xbox 360. Yeah. Uh, that was like, they, they started releasing DLC that were basically like, Hey, you pay 25 bucks and you can get the entire sniper class and all of its unlocks like instantly. So well, people would buy it, and they'd instantly have, like, all of the cloaking tier and, like, a Barrett 50 cal that just one-shots people through tanks and garbage, and it just right. destroyed the game, made well, it uh, almost unplayable. I would say, and this is what I told Dennis when it first came out, when we, we kind of reviewed this game, was that it, uh... Every, on the second, by the second day, people were already almost, had all of their items unlocked, all the stuff, upgrades unlocked. Right. So it wasn't like that was stopping anyone from doing it because there are just hardcore college kids out there who will play and team just, play until we'll it's just done. grind through games until they get everything right. So if somebody else is going to pay to have that done, I will not know the difference. There's, it's still going to be it's true. What it is. So it doesn't right. slight me. Any. You're, you're going to be behind the curve either way. I, either way, whether I pay or I play or whatever, it doesn't matter. So the, all the big hubbubaloo about that, it was just. I don't know. It's silly, super people, silly. People look to. I mean, people complain about EA. I think just because of the stigma, like it's almost, they're sure. just jumping on the bandwagon. Like they have to complain about it. And I was a victim of that too. Victim is a wrong word, but I jumped on it and I was complaining a bunch and I was just talking so much trash. But then at the end, I was like, you know, a game can't be perfect. This game is pretty good. It had a lot of glitches like when it first released, but like you know, two weeks later, it was fine. It's yeah. all really complicated. I mean, you've got the game developers and designers who work really hard to make to make a really good game, and then you've got people sometimes in a, in a different company. Like this is what people said about um, about Shadow of War. Like mm. um, I'm not going to remember any of the company names, but there's one company that made Shadow of War, and then WB who own you know they're like the parent company who decide and declare how the monetization scheme is going to work. I mean, yeah. the whole the whole concept of monetizing a game with a full box, box price that's not like an MMO with a persistent world. Like, Shadow of War has a little bit of multiplayer, but it's really, like, it's the amount of multiplayer that Red Dead Redemption had or original GTA V before... Uh, the GTA Online stuff. Like, you can phase into somebody's world and, like, avenge them being killed by a by an orc guy, but it's not, you know... You're never actually playing with it, somebody. It's not an MMO, and so you're, like, you're, you're still... You know, and then there's the whole thing where, like, the box price of games really hasn't gone up in the last, like, decade. Right. So we, we've talked about that before. It's this, you know, how do games monetize with... They gotta you know how, how do they, how do they stay viable with all all that it costs to make a big fancy triple A licensed game? Right, I mean, but we're, it, all, you we're know, all spoiled on dollar games. Sure, of of course, you know the app, the mobile games and app stores kind of throws off that curve as well. But it, you know, it's it's all based on perception. It's like any kind of um, consumer or or market mentality. Like 
the the free-to-play microtransaction model works as long as people enjoy the process you know you have games like like overwatch and and some of those others where every time blizzard drops a new hero for overwatch people are lining up not lining up because it's it's virtual but like people are you know rapidly trying to log in so that they can buy that new hero like if your game is good and your monetization scheme doesn't feel like a chore or oppressive then it it works really well and you can your game can be free to play or in the case of overwatch it's like 40 bucks and then you um, you know it's it's supported on microtransactions but um yeah i don't nothing that i saw ever ever made the claim that that the game was bad it was just this you know this sort of um did they ask for money like a lot of a lot of it was just pylon but the the motivation behind it was to go hey this is like we're okay with free to play and we're okay with the quote unquote gambling of um of loot boxes but you're taking this too far and it's not okay and so our our only you know our as the as the consumer base our our only re- re- recourse is to vote with our dollar and say yeah. We're not gonna, we're not gonna stand for this. And then, you know, Disney comes in and says, "Hey, you know, let's, let's fix this." And right. they drop all the prices, and you know, then everything's fine. Well, the I heard somebody as I was sitting in the Last Jedi the first time, and and there was something about I think maybe there was like a little pre-commercial about Battlefront Two, and I heard some snide little <laughs> dude behind me. Oh, that's the game that ruined EA. And I'm like, really, really? Like, I didn't buy it because you know all this stuff. I'm like, really? You just missed out on a really fun game because you did, you know, all the peer pressure, the all the, the word stigma. of mouth, right? And I'm like, you just missed that. It's, it's your fault. I didn't say that, but I kept thinking. I rolled my eyes really big, thinking, you know what? I'm going home and playing a great Starfire fighter battle, and I'm going to go through and do an even greater Galactic Conquest mode, and then this, an added story. So your loss, you know, just. I feel so bad for the people who worked for years of their life on a game to make it incredible, and then some stupid random up internet uprising happens for random reasons that yeah. don't have anything to do with the time that they actually put in on the game and ruin it. You know, the game itself is fantastic, and it's. I think the one problem I think that they really, the one dangerous thing that they did that just didn't work was. The loot boxes. The loot boxes thing yeah, isn't boxes. a bad idea. Everybody yeah. has been doing it, and it's been introduced to so many things, like even le- like League of Legends and Rocket League on Steam, and all those games. They all introduced boxes over this last year, and everyone's. I mean, I played those games, and I got really excited. I was excited to unlock new stuff, you know, cosmetics and stuff. And that's the thing; they were only cosmetics. Cosmetics. None of them were game changing. Yeah, we we yeah. talked about this when we had Trustion. Yeah. It's okay. like, yeah. I mean, even back when I haven't played League of Legends for years, but when I first saw it, um, I said, "This is how this is how free to play works." Because I, you know, I played uh, World of Warcraft on and off for years. It's a subscription model. Yeah. I'm like, this is okay. It's kind of a barrier to entry if you know you're somebody who's never played under that model but i was like yeah well this this works okay because the things you buy and actually in that game at the time all of the cosmetics 
were money. Like you couldn't you couldn't earn cosmetics any other way, like yeah. alternate skins and stuff. Right. And right. Uh, <clears throat> like Heroes of the Storm keeps changing their their model as as Blizzard tries to learn from other companies' mistakes, and they yeah. they generally do pretty well. I mean, as far as I can tell, it's it's possible that World of Warcraft is just carrying that whole company with its I, uh, with sure. its subscriptions, but. Right. Um, you know, there are still a ton of people playing um, playing Hearthstone. Yep. Overwatch won a bunch of awards last year and is on it a just, bunch. It's on a bunch of people's game of the year. It just started as this competitive league, which was like watching, spectating the online. Like the users heck. could spectate the online competitions, and it worked so flawlessly. Nice. I mean, and heck, they, Diablo, and, Diablo three still getting traction. People play that yeah. game still. Sure, yeah. I mean, and they, you know, they've done a lot in the competitive scene with, um, with Heroes of the Storm as far as like different uh, observer cameras and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, they know whether it's from their own team's wisdom or from learning from other companies' mistakes that like it works, it works really, it can work and it works really well, but you have to keep it, you have to keep it cosmetic. Like the most, the closest thing that anyone could maybe say that Heroes of the Storm has that's pay to win is their stim pack system, which is a thing you can buy with money. It's like premium mode in in free to play MMOs. It gives you more XP and more gold per your uh, your rewards after each game. But okay. all that really does is let you unlock heroes a little faster. Yeah, yeah like, it's, that whole, it's the, whole just cutting down on time, it's, and it's, it's not a big deal. It's not, like, it's not like League. There are no runes or anything out of the game that affect your character, mm-hmm. your hero. And so, like, you may, you might unlock all the heroes really fast, but you still can only learn to play them well at the same speed. Like, having them unlocked doesn't help you. Right, just gives you more um, choices. There's nothing you can get that will make your character do half a percent more damage. Right. And they actually just completely redid the rune system in League. Nice. I just wanted to talk about it for a quick second. Uh, they, I mean, people have been playing League for so long, and everyone right. has full, you know, they at, at the point that they changed it, people had a rune page for every hero that they played, mm-hmm. practically. And they could switch out, and it would be, like, so precise to making their character, like, at the peak ability, like, yeah. doing the most amount of damage at the most speed, and um, they just kind of, it came to a point where it was hard for new players to get in yeah, at, without right. spending a bunch of money buying runes, and so they completely wiped the whole system, and they gave people this, they created a new currency that you get for playing the game, like gold and hots, mm-hmm. and they refunded 100% of all of the runes and rune pages that people had built over the years well, that's good. into that currency. So they could buy skins and stuff. So people were thrilled. Nice. Like, it was amazing. We, nice. Me and my friends who have been playing since Season 2, like, years ago, we we got so much, and we bought so many skins that we wanted, and um, they created a new rune system that you could basically just... Everything was open to everybody, and you could mix and match and create it however you wanted. Just like a talent tree. Yeah, and it was more specific, not like percentages. Mm. And um, so it would be stuff like if you're attacked, whatever. If you attack three times, it does a slow, mm. you know, on the enemy. And just little stuff like that. Like a really tiny amount of slow, but just enough that it's kind of... It just adds to an interesting twist right. to it. And the fact that it's open for everybody, 
makes it really uh, new user friendly. Basically, yeah, it it fits with with League's theme of like very like high level theory crafting kind of like uh, fiddling, which is not it's not something I have the patience for anymore. But I know that high level you know competitive gamers like really get into get into all that stuff you know the, the tiny little advantages you know it's like it's like real sports it's mm-hmm. something our our grandpa used to say like in the NFL the the margin of of talent and skill between two professional football players is so narrow that um it almost comes down to luck mm-hmm. yeah hey so switching gears just a little bit because we just have a short amount of time left yeah, what Andrew, what's what other games, video games you've been playing lately? Anything fun? Oh, lately. Well, I I played Breath of the Wild this Christmas while I was Zel- home. That's that's the Zelda game, right? Yeah, the new one that just came out for the Switch. Uh, yeah, it um it got Game of the Year actually. Did it? Uh, yeah, all of it came. Mario Odyssey came second, and Breath of the Wild came first. And I heard um, Mario Odyssey was 20. amazing. Oh yeah, I've heard I mean, that as well. That game is awesome. Anybody who's ever played any of the, like, Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 or uh, Super Mario Sunshine or Super Mario 64, like, it's really honed in on those games. And those games were fantastic. Anybody who played them knows those games are awesome and very popular. And um, it really honed in on everything that made those games good. Yeah. And it's a a masterpiece. I mean, mean, my... my, It it, it just... exemplifies the the reason the problem I have with Nintendo consoles is that they their their Zelda and their Mario games are like far and away game of the year heads over everything made but then everything else is so far below really subpar right it's just like yeah. I just and don't understand the... Nintendo's issue I just don't yeah. they probably just have a little too much internal focus which I feel like a little bit that they're they're trying to fix with the with the switch i don't know whether that's true or not one of the one of the few games i've played um our youngest sister has has the system um and she played a lot of uh a stardew valley which was very popular yeah. um i played it a little bit but i don't know i played so many mmos like the whole idea of like getting reputation with different friends and stuff is is kind of tedious to me at this point. Yeah. Um, that was very popular. We played um, a game called Snipper Clips. Oh, yeah. Which is an interesting kind of co-op puzzle game. I don't know if yeah. you've, you've seen that at all, Mike. I have not. That's a really good game. I've watched it, a lot of that it, online. It's, it's hard to describe. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, I don't yeah. know. I mean, the, the, the system's still new, so... Time will tell. They're definitely. I think they have something, something special with their with their format, uh, as far as like portable but still multiplayer, um, thing and the whole like portable and TV, uh, effortless transition. Yeah, that thing. new the new tablet. This tablet compared to the the Wii U yeah. is so much better. It's yeah. it's really nice. Like it makes me want to buy the system a lot more than I used to. Yeah, I was I've really been kind of done with system games. I've kind of last system I bought was an Xbox 360, and uh, 
I just... You don't have the Xbox One? Oh, no, wait. I did buy an Xbox One. Okay. But I bought that, like... I bought it on Craigslist, and I bought it purely for the Halo 2 anniversary. Yeah, I mean, the Wii was a big success, mm-hmm. but it was this sort of... It was a sort of compromise. Like, you got this thing, and it had the Nintendo games, which is always, you know... Nintendo's exclusives, like, their own exclusives have always been far and away more popular than, like... Microsoft and Sony never had because they they came to the video game game late, right? Um, <laughs> the video game game, but um, like to get the Wii, you had to sacrifice quality. You know, it was it was PS2, Xbox One level quality in exchange for the motion control kind of stuff that was a little bit ahead of ahead of the curve. Yeah. And then they came out with the Wii U, which was just from from everything I've heard, just, you know, a huge flop. Yeah, yeah the only good thing that came out of that was the Smash Bros. game, the Smash Bros. Right. U, and that was yeah. really good. And but besides and that, no, none other game, like Skyward Sword was, people said, was one of the more disappointing Zelda games mm-hmm. that have come out recently. Right. I mean, I mean, I, ha- I have a weird, I have a weird kind of thought about it that I have with Nintendo. I, th- I either want them to, like, change their ways and improve, or fail altogether, and then and then change, like, like I don't know. I mean, Sega. It, it reminds me of Sega back in the day. Was that that they were fine when they had the Genesis, and then from then on they just faltered and they just weren't good. They were nowhere near as good as Nintendo. They had Sonic the Hedgehog, and then there was nothing else. There was like one or two other games, mm-hmm. and and then it's yeah. it's like why do you buy a whole system for just these these kind of one or two things? And they were just subpar, except well, and, for their big and, things. And then, and none of their systems were great. Like, like you go back in history, and all of the mainline Nintendo consoles have been at least, at least respected. Like up until the Wii U, like maybe some people, maybe, maybe some people didn't like the GameCube. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah but I was, like I was not a GameCube guy. Like. The the Sega Game Gear was crappy. I had one, still have it in a box somewhere. Right. Um, the Sega CD was like too soon. We weren't ready for games on CDs <laughs> yet. Um, I mean, and I don't even know. But like, you go through the 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 NES, Super NES, the Game Boy, the um, the GameCube, all the way up to the Wii. And I don't know if I missed one in there. I feel yeah. like I probably did, but did those were say, all like like did you say sixty four. Oh, N sixty four, right? I mean, and like N sixty four was still like very popular. So many people had one and played it, even though it had possibly one of the worst controller designs ever. <laughs> oh, but it, it coasted on Nintendo's name its own way because at that point. PlayStation started to dominate the market because of the yeah. Nintendo 64. And right. I think the controller, as bulky and as weird as it is, it's almost iconic. Sure. Like, it's almost like a joke. and Because people right. are like, why are there three handles? The boomerangs, right. Like, I don't yeah, mean, but I, I only have do, two do, hands. Do people in Japan have three arms? What is this? Right. I mean, I, I'd love Nintendo so to be fast. able to make games just games. I mean, I, I don't know why they need to make right. make consoles. I mean, wh- make consoles. I just don't understand that how, how their profit model works, because most most like Sony and Microsoft sell their consoles many times at a loss, 
and they make right. it back up on the software sales and licensing. Well, Nintendo doesn't have any of that. They've got a. They're just banking on Mario making all their money and Zelda making all their money. And why sell a I mean, console? I don't understand. I know they're. Just- I I said a while ago that that Nintendo should just um, license some of their IPs or or just straight up make iOS games. But that yeah. was before Mario Run, and now I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, right. Maybe well, you guys, well, the, the maybe idea you guys should let somebody else do this. Right. But the idea is that that I thought I was excited to see something on the iOS. It's like that's oh look, it's a totally different thing hardware that's not them, but it's got I mean, Mario. I I played that Mario that uh, that Animal Crossing game, and it was okay. It was not really my thing. No, but was that on ISO? It was on iOS. Yeah, yeah it was um, not the iOS. The, the camping one. I played it longer than I played Mario Run. Let's say that. I always yeah. hear so much about Animal Crossing, and I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah I don't. Well, the 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 thing is, is that I'll tell you what. I, I it's such a failure for them to see that they, if they just sold Mario on Xbox One and on PlayStation Four, they would more than triple their their sales. They'd quadruple their sales. You know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, every single person that owns a PlayStation would own Mario. You know. Galaxy or Mario, whatever the new one is. It's true. Uh, and Breath, I don't own Breath of the Wild, and I don't want to go buy a system just for Breath of the Wild. But if if you sold it for PlayStation, I'd, day one, I'd have it. I'd pre-ordered it. It'd be sold. You know. But I mean, I you obviously you just have to get one for your daughter and then borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I can tell point, you when it goes down. I can then. tell you, Mike. If you uh, if you were to do something like what Dennis just said. It would it would be more than I think it'd be more than worth it. I mean, Breath of the Wild alone is a is in my opinion a good reason to buy that system, even if you're just getting one game. But then you got Mario Odyssey, which is a huge game, also, along with any party game like the Wii. The Wii, the Nintendo system has always had really good party games. If you're having friends yeah, over and but, stuff. Yeah, but here's the here's the argument. I'm going to counter argument that there are sure. so many good games for for PlayStation Four that. Yeah, it's game of the year this year, and Zelda's, I mean, Mario's a great game, but I can list 15 other really great games for the PlayStation 4 that are amazing and incredible that I love. And you haven't even gotten to yet. That I haven't even gotten to yet. That I, that I, I, you know. I personally, and I've probably said this on the show before, like, I'll wait until they go on sale a little bit. Even though I'm sure it's, it's worth every bit of $300, um... I'm I'm just gonna wait. I mean, I just bought a a PS4, so I've got games on that to play. I work from home, so I'm rarely in a situation where I need a portable console, right, portable right. video game uh, uh, thing. So it's not uh, it's not a huge priority for me at all. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I kind of would buy it because I'm a game nerd, but. Not not until it goes down, and I'm and I'm very 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 happy having the the PlayStation Four and or sure. if I was an and, Xbox and you person. just built you just built a buying PC it buying it full price isn't worth it, and I, and you can wait, be, and that's what I would almost recommend because the, with games like Mario and Zelda, especially this new one, they're not dependent on graphics at all, yeah. and so you don't have to worry about like. You know, it's like, oh, if I wait two years and go back to it, is it going to be good? Like, in my, like, that's how it is with a lot of PC games. Like, yeah. it'll run smooth, but I'll play. Well, well here, here's an example. We're, we're, we're just talking about Mario and, and Breath of the Wild. That's great. And I get those games and I play them and, and I feel happy and, and excited and ecstatic about them. But then, okay, what do I do now? 
as opposed to me. Mm-hmm. I just got done playing, you know, Battlefront Two, which is amazing, incredible, and awesome. Okay, now that's that's done. Uh, do I have to wait for another Battlefront to come out in two to four years for me to to mm-hmm. enjoy well, another one? That's true. Or, you know, or do I just go throw in a, a cool Assassin's Creed, or do I put in Uncharted Four and you know, mm-hmm. just so aren't many? Aren't they putting? Other games. Uh, there are a lot of games. You're aren't right. they putting Skyrim on the Switch? They are. So you get Skyrim. You can play that again. I know how much you love Elder Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. Are are you telling me like a what a ten year old game or something like that now? Yeah. How many times has Skyrim been ported? The the graphics are remastered, I'm sure. I uh, I just I just started replaying (laughs) Skyrim actually just a couple weeks ago. It's it's a good game. I'm I'm a big Viking fan. Took an arrow to the knee. Hey, all right. Let's um. We're we're about out of time. Why don't we go around and say uh, one one maybe two. I, we've talked mostly about video games, so we'll just stick with that. W- one or two video games you're you're most excited about for the year. Oh, uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Me? Oh man, I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm just going to pass because I don't know of any any game that's coming out that 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 I'm really really excited well, about. Well, Andrew just pulled out his phone, so I'm guessing he's not really ready either. <laughs> um, I'll say. Uh, it's been a long time ago that since I played um, uh, Red Dead Redemption, so I'm pretty excited about uh, I forget what even the sequel is called, but this new one. Um, it's one a small part of the reason that I that I got a PS4 because it's coming out on consoles way before it's going to be on PC. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and I mean, I'm oh, pretty wait, you, sure you get, you get one. That was your rule. One game. Oh, we said one to two. We okay, said one, all, right, one, all right, one, one to two. So, so there's that, and I and I think maybe the next WoW expansion is next year. I'll probably play that because I got nothing else going on. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'll say I'll say that um, it sounds really weird for me to pick this game of all of them, but I really am looking forward to the new Spider-Man game. I know that's weird. Oh, yeah. If you've seen the trailers, no, that, it looks awesome. It looks I mean, incredible. Did you, did you play the Spider-Man Two from the Xbox original? I didn't play did Xbox, play that? but I, I played it. I played it for PlayStation. Yeah, and, and I love. Was it on PlayStation? I, well, I remember all the Spider-Man games used to be where they yeah. were open world. That's right. Games. They were they were cross uh, cross platforms. Right. Cross platform. Yeah, Sony and, did the movies, so it would yeah, surprise me if right, they didn't. Right. So they they I mean, uh, that those were really fun, but this one looks like I mean so incredible, so fun. Uh, the one thing I am worried about this one is the trailer did have a lot of the um, what's it called uh, the mush the the mushing the button button mashing no uh, timed oh. oh quick time events quick yeah, time quick events, events right. which I which I hate yeah, <laughs> yeah. But those, are, those are terrible aside from that it looks really good and promising and I'm also excited for that one yeah it it had it had several like there was stealth mechanics and there was just combat mechanics and there was just, it felt like Spider-Man and, and also I, the voiceovers, the story was sound like it was a thing all the way ingrained in it. So yeah, I'm excited about that game. That's my, that's my looking forward. Nice. Nice. Well, I think that's, that's good for us tonight. Yeah. Did, did, did you have another pick Andrew or are you oh, going yeah, right. Spider-Man? No. Uh, well, I don't have a PS, I don't play PlayStation, so I'm not going to be able to play Spider-Man, unfortunately. Oh, really? It's only it's it's not PlayStation console. exclusive. Oh, oh it's exclusive. Oh. Hey, what Sony, about Sony went ham on the exclusives this round? Yeah, yeah. What what about you? Can't even play God of War, which looks amazing. Yeah, I won't be able to play that either. Holy which cow! The yes, thing that I want to say I'm most excited for is the Red Dead Redemption Two 
Okay. But I have I played PC, so I won't be able to play that for at least another three years. Mm. <laughs> knowing right. Rockstars, right? You know, maybe not that long, but yeah. <laughs> but um, man, some of the games. I mean, there's so many good games coming out. I guess I'd I'd either have to say Far Cry Five, Oof. which Oof. I love. I love. That's, that's a franchise I've never I've never played. Me, me no? either. Far Cry, oh man. Mike, you would really like Far Cry 3. You should pick that up sometime. I actually it's... have a Far Cry. One one month, uh, PlayStation Plus gave it out for free. So I've got one yeah. of the Far Cries. If it's... Far Cry 1 and 2 are really old and they did not age well. But Far Cry 3 was fantastic. It won Best Game of the Year the year it came out, which I think was 2013. Yeah, it's got to be that one then. But it was a, it's, it's a newer game. That one's amazing. Uh, the fourth one was all right. It wasn't as good as the third one, but this new one that's coming out is based in America, uh, in Wyoming, I think, and um, it's this crazy kind of like it's. I don't know if it's post-apocalyptic or what it is, but it's like this crazy religious oh, anarchist group is this. kind of like taking over the United States, and there's just like gangs riding around everywhere on trucks and it's kind of this hillbilly kind of crazy religious hillbilly thing yeah hmm. and um it looks really really good ah. uh, it was far cry 4 by the way that, that they gave away for free for a game uh, a month yeah ago. Gotcha. that one didn't that one didn't do as good as the third one i i guess um, the characters weren't as interesting i guess that's what i heard it's probably why sony was giving it away yeah. <laughs> yeah hey well andrew thanks for coming on tonight man it was really really cool talking to you yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This was fun. Yeah, we'll just have to have you on again when we get some uh, the new games come out this year and we can, can play. Or or we'll have you on the next time a new Zelda comes out in three years. How's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, call uh, me in five <laughs> years. We'll talk about that. And, uh, right. You know, maybe maybe Rockstar will have uh, Red Dead 2 on PC. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Two years to get it on PC, another three to get it online. Cool. Hey, uh, all right, man. I think that's good for us, yes? Yeah, yeah. First first official recorded show in, in 2018. 2018. I'm still kind of writing out 17s. It's crazy. All right, man. Nice. Well, uh, that's it for us tonight. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Front Porch. Where can you go, Dennis, to check out our podcast and our web presence? If you go to frontporchpodcast.com slash 19, episode 19, you'll find show notes. We'll link some of the stuff we talked about today tonight that's that's where we can you can get uh dennis's fan mail all of his uh yeah yeah girl leave, clubs. Us, leave us comments send us email we love uh getting that you guys should open a p.o box soon <laughs> p.o box right right a snail mail thing. all right all right everybody so this is michael and dennis from the front porch good night everybody